0: Welcome to the Anthem Daily Podcast. My name is Bert Alcorn. Today is Tuesday, September 1st. Welcome to September, guys. Thanks for listening and engaging. Uh, If you've been tracking along, you know we're re-releasing a bunch of old episodes we did from April and May from a series called Come Back Stronger, okay? And that's our goal. We want to come back from this coronavirus season or embrace the season that it is shaping stronger, healthier, more mature. We fuse that with a couple of weeks we did... um, A couple of Sunday teachings uh, all around becoming a non-anxious presence. How do we do that? By becoming more like Jesus, who is a person of peace, and a non-anxious presence wherever he went. And how do we abide with him and become like him? Oh, by building up this trellis, uh, this rule of life for which our discipleship grows. So, what we are doing right now is we are working through... um, eight or nine practices, eight or nine rules of life, okay, that anybody, no matter your stage of life, stage of discipleship, or whatever, anybody who is a Christian can actually build into their life. So, yesterday, we did our first practice, our first rule, which was Bible before phone, and today's episode is all about parenting your phone. So, let's check out the episode for today. Hello, good morning. Welcome to the Anthem Daily Podcast. My name is Bert Alcorn. Today is Tuesday, May 5th. I hope you are doing well today. Um, I have no idea what you're feeling. If I can be honest, transparent with you guys, I'm I'm currently feeling the feelings of being over this thing. (laughs) but if I can actually bring some, some, maybe some hope and encouragement is in those moments when we're feeling like we're at the end and we're just like ready to move on. It's might be some of Jesus's grace towards us to say like, okay, let's, let's now dig in. Let's get real. Like you've been able to last this long on your own strength, uh, time to rely on me time to meet me in this moment. And so for me, that's not a one, one time thing. That's like a continual thing that he keeps bringing to my attention. And maybe that's, that's for you as well. Uh, This moment that we find ourselves in, maybe we're feeling a little over it or a little like right in the, in the middle of it. Um, and maybe it's an invitation from Jesus to meet him in this place. And so, not really my notes, not what I had planned for today, but just my gut, how I'm feeling. And maybe it's a way to encourage you guys in processing how some of you're feeling as well. But what we are doing here uh, this week together on the Anthem Daily Podcast is we're talking about some practices that we are building into our life. And so once again, just to do a little backwards journey like our goal we're, we're wanting to come back from this stronger and to do that we know there are some practices and habits or even rules that we are building into our life uh, to help accomplish that goal this, this trellis if you will for our to aid our abiding to the vine abiding to Jesus and uh, last week we were talking about how we change and that starts with being in this posture of saying yes to God and the change he wants to do embracing our partnership with the holy spirit and leaning into teaching, community, and practice as means by which we change. And we know that this kind of change takes participation and intentionality. It doesn't happen without us, and it doesn't happen by accident. And so we're actually putting intentional things into practice so that we come back from this stronger and more resilient in our discipleship to Jesus, who are faithful in the face of cultural coercion and who live a vibrant life, in the spirit. So we are in the middle of kind of a series going through a bunch of practices that's going to uh, go through this week and spill into next week as is, is a few practices to put into place in our lives so that we come back stronger. And so even right off the top, if we're starting to think rules, habits, practices, this feels overwhelming. It's not meant to be overwhelming, but it may mean there's some swapping or some changing that needs to happen. And new or change is always different and we have to process through that of course but keep keep your eyes on the long on the longer goal the the longer goal is that you're coming back from this stronger and making the decisions you need to make now to accomplish that goal. Even if they're hard, even if they cause friction or conflict, or it causes some things that need to be worked out. Remember the long goal. We want to come back stronger. So we are making decisions now uh, uh, in our life now to accomplish that goal, because those things won't happen by accident and they will not happen without us. So we're embracing participation and intentionality in our own transformation to come back stronger and to become more like Jesus. So we kicked off this practices series talking about the practice of Bible before phone. So if you missed yesterday's podcast, the one right before this one, go back and take a listen because I do a deeper dive into what is practice, rule, habits, any, any of that. I answer some of that and we kick into our first practice. How many of you guys did that today? How many of you guys looked at your Bible before your phone? How many of you guys read a psalm it took just a moment, five minutes actually, just but a moment in silence before God. Did you actually do it? Did you do it? This is a pedal to the metal moment. Did you actually do it? Because these are all great ideas, but they are useless unless you actually practice them. Did you actually do it? What was your experience? Was it hard? Was it easy? Remember, give these a week or two, maybe to marinate and and work out in a sort of uh, rhythmic kind of way and see what happens. So yesterday was Bible before phone. Today, we're talking about your phone again, but we're going a little bit further. So we're not just saying Bible before phone, but we're going to talk about, this is not language I coined. This is uh, Andy Crouch's language uh, from the TechWise family parenting your phone. We're going to talk about parenting your phone today. And the idea is instead of being ruled by your phone and its demand on you, you give rules to your phone. You tell that phone who's boss, you put it in his place. That's what today is about. So there are five key ways that you parent your phone. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Those five key ways are first, you, your phone goes to bed before you. Second, your phone wakes up after you third your phone sleeps in a different room than you fourth your phone has awake wake time away from you and fifth you tell your phone what it can and cannot do. Now, if you are a parent, particularly if you have parented small kids, none of this sounds unfamiliar. We are just swapping out one of your children for a phone, which is the dangerous byproduct of not actually putting this into practice, right? But if you have parented small kids, or if you have small kids currently, you know these truths to be self-evident, right? This, these are all markers of of some healthy parenting, uh, and we're just now applying that to our iPhone or Android or whatever. So. The big idea is instead of being ruled by your phone and its demand on you, you are going to give rules to your phone. Remember this, this is this is one of those moments where this may sound intimidating, it may sound overwhelming, and I want to call your attention to the danger of not doing this, is your phone is the boss of you. So if you are afraid, intimidated, scared to put some rules on your phone until that moment happens, your phone is the boss of you. You are letting a robot tell you what to do. Whenever I use Siri dictation, I I do that a lot uh, when I'm like responding to text messages or Slack messages or whatever is I'll use Siri. And uh, my oldest Calvin always asks, who are you talking to? And the best way I've been able to describe Siri to my son, Calvin, is the little robot that lives inside my phone and helps me with some things in my life. (laughs) And so uh, I just want you to know there is a danger, a very Matrix-like danger from being ruled by the robot inside your phone. Don't let it rule you. You are giving rules to your phone. Let's dive right in. Five ways you can parent your phone starting today. First, your phone goes to bed before you do. Now, once again, if you have small kids, this is a really easy one to, to wrap your head around. Maybe if you have older kids, the rules are slightly different. OK, so the analogy does break down at some point, but we're talking about maybe small kids. So uh, if you don't have kids or if you have kids that are old, just imagine you have kids maybe under the age of five. Uh, all our kids are, are five and under. So it's uh, two or two and a half, four and, and five are the ages of our kids right now. And our kids who are all really young most definitely go to bed before we do. It it would be unhealthy and unwise for Sherry and I to go to bed before our kids go to bed from a safety factor, but also from a life family rhythm factor. In the same way, your phone needs to go to bed before you do. It's it's a way, honestly, it's a way of putting it in this place and ensuring that you and it are getting the rest and reprieve from each other that you both need. So you go to bed before your phone. I would recommend just picking a time. I, this, I'm not, I'm not going to be legalistic and tell you what time you pick a time. Now I can give some recommendations like give yourself an actual chunk of time away from your phone. Maybe it's like an hour or whatever, but regardless, like you put your phone to bed and then you go to bed after it. Now, the second is similar is your, your phone wakes up after you do. So you wake up before your phone. And I'm not going to spend too much time here because that's a lot of what I talked about yesterday. Um, and so go back and revisit the last podcast episode if you missed it or you want the refresher. It's the Bible before phone, uh, but it's basically all about setting your day off on the right foot and letting um, prayer and scripture, not not the news, not social media, not email, shape shape the beginnings of your day. So go back and listen to that one. But another rule, once again, decide for yourself your own time, um, whatever makes sense for you and your life rhythms, but you... Uh, your phone goes to bed before you and your phone wakes up after you. Okay, so one, that's one and two. Number three, your phone sleeps in a different room than you. Now, this is maybe if you embrace the Bible before phone stuff from yesterday, maybe this is taking it a step further. That not only are you choosing to be uh, to meet God in scripture and prayer before you meet with the world through your phone, but you're actually choosing to distance yourself away And so I'll even say like this, this practice, the third way to parent your phone by sleeping in a different room than your phone will actually help you do the Bible before phone better because you don't have the immediate grabbable temptation that you do. So this will actually help you do that one better. Now, here's some sobering stats. 75% of people sleep next to their phones and 90% of people check their phones immediately upon waking up. That to me sounds like a recipe for anger and misery, not love and joy, and definitely not peace. And it's definitely not being shaped by first by God. Honestly, like it's it's hard to say we are being shaped first by God when we check our email or the news app or Instagram first. We're being shaped by all those other things, and then we bring that baggage into our kind of setting the day together with God. Now, I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again today, this beautiful quote from John Mark Comer, don't let your phone set your emotional equilibrium, and your newsfeed set your worldview for the day. Instead, let prayer set your emotional equilibrium and the scripture set your worldview for the day. So don't let your phone and your newsfeed do that. Let prayer and scripture set your emotional equilibrium and your worldview for the day. So one your phone goes to bed before you two, your phone wakes up after you three, your phone sleeps in a different room than you. Once again, healthy parenting, like you, you don't have your five year old sleep in the same room, unless you're, I don't know, living in a third world country all in one hut. And there's one room or whatever. Like I'm assuming you're, if you're listening to this, you're from the Westernized like first world, you sleep in a different room than your kids. And that's a good and healthy thing. So number four, your phone has awake time away from you. Now, this is a little bit different than the going to bed before and after phone and everything like that. But just like you need awake time and space away from your kids, parents, you know this is true, like you need a moment in the day, whether it's when they're napping or maybe when you do the spouse handoff and you're able to get a moment, You, in the same way, you need conscious time away from your phone. It's a... It's an entirely different discipline to be away from your phone while you're sleeping than it is to be away from your phone while you're awake. Both are crucial. Please hear me. Both are crucial and and vital and important, but they're very different. We're we're maybe uh, the whole being away from your phone while you're uh, while you're sleeping. That's primarily concerned with a, a sleeping well, not letting all the blue screen come into your eyes, but like sleeping well, setting yourself up for the day well. And just kind of generally distancing yourself from your phone and just being physically removed. Now, the difference of having awake wake time away from your phone is, is a little bit more like fasting, right? So maybe that's a better parallel. It's a conscious abstinence so that you can be more present with God, more present with your family and more present with other people. So it's similar. It's a similar kind of effect, but it's different right? And so where, you know, parenting your phone in terms of it going to bed before you and waking up after you has to do with good boundaries. It has to do with setting your day off, right? It has to do with sleeping well and and all of those different things. The reason you have some awake time away from your phone is a little bit more like fasting. It is a conscious you're awake for it. And it's a deliberate decision to be parted from your phone so that you can be more present with God more present with your family, more present with other people in your community and in your sphere of influence. Okay. So first, your phone goes to bed before you, your phone wakes up after you. Third, your phone sleeps in a different room than you. And fourth, your phone has awake time away from you. Please notice I'm not, I'm not trying to set specifics here. I'm trying to give principles, not the specifics. So you choose your own time that your phone goes to bed and wakes up. You choose what room it gets plugged in at night. You choose when and what part of the day and how long of the day you are away from your phone. Those are all decisions you'll need to make. And finally, the fifth one, you tell your phone what it can and cannot do. You tell your phone what it can and cannot do and that parentheses there is not the other way around. So this is, this is a little bit where like parenting small kids sometimes feels like you're a dictator <laughs> and that's the, if you have small kids, that's the nature of small kids is things are very black and white. They're not very abstract. You're trying to teach them concrete concepts and often you're trying to give them a heart for obedience and the teaching them to obey, even if they don't want to obey. And, and in the same way, you're, you're the boss of your kids and you're trying to create an environment of, of, um, uh, a freedom of, of questions, of exploration, discovery, of course. But you're also trying to create an environment of, of obedience, and you're trying to create an environment of, of rules, for sure. And so we would say, like we we are in charge. Sherry and I are in charge of what our kids can and cannot do at the age they are at, and it's not the other way around. In the same way, your phone is not the boss of you. Don't be ruled by your phone. You rule your phone. You tell your phone what it can and can't do. And I would encourage you to start with your end desire what is the and this is this is a silly question but it's a, a question worth asking what is the relationship you want to have with your phone before i get into a couple of ideas and i do have a couple of ideas of how you can tell your phone what to do and what it can't do you have to ask yourself And maybe this is a good journaling question for you today or something to think about or talk about with someone else in your life What kind of relationship do I want to have with my phone? So answer that question. Now, once you've answered that question, don't start with the small baby steps. Start with the end goal and then go back and make the decisions that get you towards that goal. But some ideas, a couple of ideas, especially if you have a, a smartphone like an iPhone or something. Here are a couple of things that you can implement that can get you towards the goal of the relationship you want to have with your phone. One idea is, and apologies, I'm, I'm a bit uh, of an Apple nerd. I spent some time working for them. And so uh, I don't have too much working knowledge of the Android PC world. So please translate this into an Android if th- that's what you have. But I know in most smartphones and certainly the iPhone, you can turn on things like grayscale. Now, I don't know all the science behind it, but I know it has something to do with our dopamine hit every time we scroll through something is the coloration draws us in. And there's a ton of a psychology and sociology that goes into building apps that actually draw you in and and suck more from you. So you could actually turn on grayscale. And that's a way of distancing and limiting your dopamine hits every time you open your phone. Even starting with, rather than a picture as your background, just simply a black background. That helps. It's a good starting point. Another idea for you is no scrolling apps on your phone. So things like A news feed, there's different ways to get news, friends, than scrolling through Apple News. There there are different ways to get your news. Things like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, things where we have the tendency to just scroll, flick our finger and scroll and scroll and scroll, make a commitment to no scrolling apps or if you have the scrolling apps, make a commitment to, to not actually scroll and to only engage in them in certain ways. Once again, this is you telling your phone what it can and cannot do, not being ruled by it. Another idea is to use the screen time feature to limit usage of your regular offenders. If you uh, pretty regularly go into a YouTube black hole, use your screen time, figuring out if that's true, and then set a time. It'll actually, you can actually set some rules in the screen time function to say like only do an hour of email or a half hour of Instagram or an hour of YouTube or whatever. And after that, it'll kind of like lock you out. Uh, worth worth checking into. Seeing, check your screen time and see what your regular offenders are, and maybe put some boundaries up with them. And another one that, uh, and my final idea. Once again, these are you don't have to do all. Well. These are just ideas. Just trying to give you some ideas and, and creatively thinking about how to parent your phone. Another idea would be to modify or remove notifications. This is a big one because there is a dopamine. Uh, hit in your brain every time your phone buzzes so it's not only the color grayscale thing but it's also in notifications so this is you telling your phone when you want to check it not your phone telling you to look at it whenever it buzzes this is another opportunity for you to be in control of the thing that is controlling you <laughs> so remove notifications modify them maybe turn off no- notifications for social media those are meaningless Uh, But maybe more of the important ones or the actual practical ones is text messages, uh, emails. Uh, If you use Slack for work, Slack, what are the rules around Slack, Uh, particularly for your workplace and try to like have some of that healthy work-life balance as it pertains to like having, you know, your employer in your pocket, but modify or remove notifications and tell your phone and make a plan for when you want to check it, not when it tells you to check it. Just some ideas. Ideas. Honestly, take them or leave them. But I just, I don't want to come to this point of telling your phone what it can and can't do and not be able to offer up a few pieces of advice. But my larger piece of advice is start with your, the end goal. What do you want your relationship with your phone to be like? And then make some decisions and make some changes to accomplish that goal. Now, all, in all of this, none of this is legalistic. These are just some ideas, some for you, self-imposed guardrails to keep the direction of your life between the lines of health and on the path towards true life. It's a, it's a trellis to support your growing, abiding relationship to Jesus. It's uh, ways to help you accomplish the goal of being with Jesus, becoming like him and, and doing what he did. So today is parenting your phone. Five ways to parent your phone. First, your phone goes to bed before you. Second, your phone wakes up after you. Third, your phone sleeps in a different room than you do. Fourth, your phone has awake time away from you. And fifth, you tell your phone what it can and can't do. So here is your next step. Here's the practical in this. First, make a plan. Now, I give you five things. There might be additional things. There might be some things that aren't practical or aren't helpful for you and your apprenticeship. That's okay. This is not a one size fits all, but it is a good starting point. So make a usage plan. How, what is your relationship going with your phone going to be like? And then how are you actually like implementing some of those change? Make your usage plan. Here's, here's the next step. Really, really, really important. Tell someone else. Invite accountability into this. It will be really easy to go back on your plan unless you invite someone else into this. If you're married, tell your spouse. If you're not, tell your roommate. If you don't live with a roommate, text a friend or call a friend and let them know what you're going to be doing and ask them to hold you accountable. If you have kids that are old enough, ooh, this is a dangerous one. If you have kids that are old enough, ask them to hold you accountable because they will not hold back. They will tell you if you're on your phone too much or if you're breaking your phone rules. So make a usage plan, tell someone about that plan. And then the next really practical is regardless of, of what exactly you're doing on these five things, kind of how you're embracing this, my encouragement would be plug your phone somewhere else in, or plug in your phone somewhere else in the house other than where you sleep. That is, that is the one, the, I, I just don't know if I see a legitimate reason for you to sleep next to your phone. Especially as this has become a practice really only in the last 10 or 15 years. So people somehow survived without doing this. Now, don't let the exceptions be the rule. So obviously, if you're like caring for someone who might call you in an emergency moment, like they're obvious, make, make accommodations for those exceptions. But I want to challenge you. Most of you are not living there. Most of you are living in the norm. And the norm is you need space away from your phone. So make a usage plan tell somebody else and plug your phone in somewhere else in your house. Okay. That's it today. That's, that's plenty. That's enough. Uh, this went a little bit longer than I was hoping, but I, I hope what you hear in this is not legalism or another to-do list, but it actually a way that, that will grow you towards freedom from your phone and freedom to engage the work the Holy spirit wants to do in and with you. Thanks so much for listening to the Anthem Daily Podcast. Um, So honored that you would take some time out of your day to listen and wrestle along with me with some of these questions and some of these ideas. Uh, That's it for today. Stoked to be back with you tomorrow. Have a great day.